No puns are accidental. No puns are accidental. Welcome to Grapples and Apples, the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to how much you hate blackouts because blackouts have stolen me my love. That's right. Unfortunately, because of rolling blackouts in his neighborhood close, you know, we live close, but we're not that close. Unfortunately, Shades is not here, but I am not alone. As always, you're listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples and Apples. That's Grapples, the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Now, I, of course, am one of your hosts, Mr. Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's why, because baby, that's who I is. But today, as I just mentioned, I'm not joined by my hetero life mate shades instead i'm joined by a very special guest who is even further away from me than shades is sir please tell them who you are about 40 miles down the long island expressway barbecue beer half of the suburban brothers tommy boy is here and like you due to these lovely blackouts due to that massive storm i am also missing my partner ugo shout out to you my suburban brother crazy man these like these thunderstorms that have come out in the last few days have just wiped out people's power left right and center it's wild it's insane i had a tree literally miss my house probably by like a good six inches Um, and chopping that wood up today was was fun but boy oh boy i cannot wait to hit a hot shower I, I guess this is the one time I'll have to be like, thanks for living in the hood. I don't got trees. <laughs> Definitely. A Definitely a anyway, <laughs> unfortunately, because Shade's not here, we do have Tommy Boy here, though. My the, the one half of the Suburban Brothers that I'm not related to. But we still got a lot of wrestling to go through. A lot of wrestling. We've got some... Scheduling conflicts for some TV programming. We've got some people getting busted open the hard way with an accidental chair. Oh. We got legends confessing to murder. We got people being born. We got people debuting. We got people getting drugged. Man, I don't know what's going on in wrestling. But before we talk about any of that, my man Tommy Boy, you got to do me a favor. Yes, sir. Guest of honor, please ring that bell. So let's get started with some scheduling annoyances because when covid gets their grips on you they don't let go until you die so the nba playoffs have forced three aew dynamite tv show episodes to be rescheduled because of covid which is super annoying because the reason that aew ended up with wednesday night was because of the tnt's nba scheduling but because of COVID, the schedule's all out of whack. And so now AEW is getting bumped to like a random Saturday, a random Tuesday, and like some other stuff. I'm like, you know what? That stinks. Yeah. But that's tough. Money right? talks. But you also had to see that coming because if you if you looked at the NHL schedule, they they got five games a day right now. And with the NBA setup not being too different, 
you know, it was tough to have True. that game scheduled and not mess with AEW schedule. Yeah, but those games, they could have done them on ESPN or on ABC or whatever other company they're, they're you know, broadcasting it, nationally with. It is shocking that those games are national broadcast because I hate to go keep going back to the NHL, but you see the bigger marquee games are your 8 o'clock games. You don't have these teams that nobody's really interested in playing in that time slot. So, yeah, I'm surprised it's not an EV, you know ESPN or TBS game going on there. But we digress. What are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going to do? It is what it is. Um. Okay, so speaking of AEW, one of the biggest gripes that people have had with AEW, including myself, is their women's division. Oh so, my god! Let me. It appears. What, what was that? What was that, Tommy boy? Tell you, if I could have stood up on the train on the way to work this week and applauded when you went on that rant about Cameron or whatever the heck her name. Oh, thank I, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not. Listen, I'm not gonna go ahead and get into uh, no, no. that stuff. But um. So, AEW has announced that they will be launching a female-focused online wrestling community called Heels. Now, I'm of two minds of this. A, I think it's great that they're going to find a way to showcase these women. But B, I feel like this is a massive cop-out to make up for the fact that they have not had women on the show on dynamite in like weeks other than like maybe one segment they're even doing the tag team tournament and they're playing they're airing it on youtube yeah with zero fanfare and then they're not even mentioning the tournament on the show so it's like i it's like you're placating a child who's complaining you know it's like oh i don't get enough time i got enough time i got enough time okay here here's a whole little little thing for you go go over there I, and so, like, it seems like it's a positive thing that these women are going to get an entire, you know, net well, not network, but like a whole program yeah. committed to them. But I also feel like it's just an excuse to now allow them to continue to not showcase the women. And it's just, I don't know. Well, because you haven't had that one breakout female star that has really – you want to say, like, stolen the show. Like, Sheeta's come close. Sheeta is almost that – that person it's just that she hasn't had that one match you need that to give that positive light to the women's division yeah and that's the thing like i mean right now the women's division aews uh, their biggest star right now is a woman in a hand and in a wheelchair yeah and you know what it's because her honestly brit makers mic skills have gotten immensely better from the beginning and sure. she literally has talked herself into that top spot without even making a move in the ring. And not to mention that accidental broken nose that Sheeta gave her was the catapult to it all. Oh, absolutely. She is uh, sort of like uh, when um, Nia Jax broke Becky, Lynch, uh, Becky Lynch's nose and it also was yep. an accidental extra boost. Now, I'm not comparing Britt Baker to Becky Lynch because in terms of their explosion – in you know where they went afterward is night and day. Becky Lynch just took over the whole wrestling industry, yeah. you know, and Britt Baker's still trying to find her way. Obviously, it's tough because she can't get in the ring, but I mean, she's doing more with a mic in a wheelchair 
than a lot of these women are doing without that. But again, is that their fault or is it AEW's fault for not highlighting them enough on the show? Or is AEW saving their dynamite weekly episodes by not putting on a lesser product on TV? I don't know. It, I don't know. This whole thing is very conflicting for me. You took the words out of my mouth because I wanted to say, I want to say it's 50-50 and I was going to ask you to hear me out and you you kind of took it. Like maybe nobody's coming with that great idea to get that vote of confidence from, you know, from Cody or, or the cons to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's run with that. Yeah. I'm hoping what I'm hoping for is if they're going to do this thing, which again, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about it, but if they're going to do it, I hope that they use this platform to build somebody to the point where you start sprinkling them back in to dynamite proper. And we not, and then we won't need heels, you know, if they do a well enough job building the women on heels, we can put them back on dynamite and it won't be, and then we won't need heels. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I was about to say, you think it's a way like to get their reps in, without the the yeah yeah it's a dynamite to kind of you know i want to say like you know or that negative feedback that you get when you make one bot and the iwc loses their minds right right no and it's got to be tough when you're because a, a lot of the aew's women's division is young so it's mm-hmm. got to be tough to be a young you know early 20s mid 20s female wrestler in her like third year fifth year in the business and you're in the middle of a card that's packed with jericho and the elite and moxley and you know darby allen and orange cassidy and matt hardy and then you have to hang with these guys you know what i mean like i'm sure it's not easy but i don't know at this point we just got to see where the chips lay exactly but they, they have to do better they they like how do you not mention the tournament at all during the show that's that I don't get. I think it's done YouTube, and it's not like there's commercials for YouTube shows yet. So you you got to push your product. You got to get those views. That exactly. Like you got to say, oh, over on the tournament where you know the the Nightmare Sisters defeated blah 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 blah. You catch it on YouTube. Oh, did you miss it? You can still catch it right now on. Like, do something. Thirty second rundown. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. 30 second rundown. Boom, 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 boom. Check it out if you missed it. Yeah, I agree. Now, there are plenty of people who did not miss AEW this week. According to ratings, for the first time since the pre-pandemic era, AEW Dynamite has hit over 900,000 viewers this week. How? Why? I have no idea. I don't know what was different this week from last week in terms of drawing fans in, but I do know that this was a very good episode of Dynamite aside yeah. from the the lack of women stuff. So I'm, I mean, Shades and I have been saying it's only a matter of time before they hit a million. And if they're doing 900,000 on a random August Wednesday, when there's still no crowds and a bunch of sports just came back, Exactly. And we're in the and we're in the middle. We're in the middle of the NHL qualifiers. The NBA just started. MLB is like in full swing right now or as much of a full swing as you can get with you know yeah. 60 games and Corona. Um, 
with everything going on, AEW pulled out 900 plus. I was like, whoa, that's, that's you know impressive. What? Here's what I honestly think. Remember when uh, you and Shades a few weeks back were going back and forth like it's because nothing's on, so nobody's really watching TV? And right. then you were worried that it was going to get worse when people mm-hmm. were watching sports? I actually think sports coming back caused viewership to go up because now more people are turning on the TV and putting regular TV on instead of just going straight to Hulu, Netflix, or, you know, whatever mm. streaming service and just putting on a random movie or, or binge watching the next show on Netflix. Or watching Hamilton for the 4,000th time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, uh, whether you're watching it, I'm not even, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole you guys went <laughs> You know me and Broadway shows; it can get bad, <laughs> right? Um, um, no, but you know, you might actually be one hundred percent right. Um, I forgot. God, I was watching something or listening to somebody talk about something, and they mentioned that there's a possibility that by having sports come back, it's getting people geared toward watching more sports. So that- it's like. Once you watch the baseball game, you're like, okay, what's next? What else is on? Oh, there's a hockey game on. Okay, cool. What else is on? What do we have tomorrow? Wrestling? I'll watch wrestling. But yeah. Anything for the junkie to get their fix, you know? Let's do it. So, that I mean, if that's what's happening, then I'm all for it. Especially since, rumor has it, AEW has been saving a lot of their big booking decisions for when we go back to live audiences. Yeah, like, I, I honestly... Apparently, they've been sitting on a whole bunch of ideas that they don't want to use because they don't want to waste the big pop that these wrestlers can be getting. That's what I'm saying. I think they went with plan B. Like, you know how you always have that if you're a good writer and you're good at creative and you have that plan B? I honestly think they've been using plan B since March. So, if that's the case... Imagine if we're if they're hitting nine hundred thousand using Plan B in a random August. What's going to happen when we can go back to live audiences and Plan? You tell me they're not going to. You tell me they're not going to crack a million. Of course, they're going to crack a million. I'm not going to say they're going to have attitude error numbers, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't know that professional wrestling will ever get back to four million, five hundred, five million, six million, whatever. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. No. No, I but I think that. they can. I think they might start scaring Raw one day. Oh my! But you know what? And with uh, with uh, Raw's ratings constantly on decline and AEW's yeah. ratings on the rise, you know me. I lean towards AEW, so I'm not. Let me preface: I am not being an AEW mark there. But the longer Raw goes on, the way it's going on, you're not really raising the bar too high with that goal there. <laughs> you're really- oh, especially with this week's joke of an episode, which we'll get to later. But oh uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So some some uh, little quick contract signing. Vicky Guerrero, who's appeared on AEW programming for a few weeks now, apparently had not signed until this week. She has officially signed her contract with AEW. So we'll be seeing more of her as Nyla, uh, Nyla Rose's manager and just being annoying Vicky Guerrero, which is also great because during the um, women's tag team tournament, her daughter, her and Eddie's daughter, Shaw, was doing the ring announcing. Yep. So that was cool. That, that's you know what you know with the Guerreros, it's always been a family business. Oh, for sure. So I, I especially I, once Eddie passed away, Vicky was yeah. like, "Okay, this is what we're doing." And you know what? She's keeping 
her husband's family legacy going. And I, yeah. I kind of respect that because she, she doesn't have to. She can sit home and collect Eddie's royalties, which I know there's still some rolling in. Oh, yeah. With the merch that he sells? Are you nuts? Yeah. But she's getting on the road. She's put, And even now, putting herself at whatever risk she's putting herself at. Yeah. You know, kudos. Even though her voice is loud, screeching, and annoying. But she, hey, she found she found where she fits into the yep. world of professional wrestling, you know? And she's doing right by her name. She's letting it live on. Speaking of people with names, Rachel Ellering has made her AEW Dark debut, or will be making her AEW Dark debut. Now, this is interesting, because a few years ago, like during the first May Young Classic, Rachel Ellering had a lot of buzz behind her. At the time, she was still pretty green, but being the, you know, the daughter of who she's the daughter of, um, there was a lot of, of, of word behind her. Um, big, strong girl. This, like, this chick looks like she could probably bench press me. Um, so to see her doing work with AEW Dark could lead to her having a contract with AEW Proper, and then do we maybe have the makings of a new, you know, true breakout star for AEW? Because I feel like Rachel Ellering can be a breakout star for AEW. Oh yeah. If if she can get her like her character down, I and if she plays the powerhouse role, I think she could totally be one of the the top tier women in that promotion. She just, she just needs a little more polish, a little more mm-hmm. practice, a few more reps. And I honestly think, you know, she'll look re- just as ridiculous as Nyla Rose did with that AEW women's belt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, well, you know, we'll see. One of the kids replica belts. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I don't understand why they made that belt so small. I mean, obviously, this is like way old conversation, but like, I never understood why they made that title so small. They went, like, you remember how women's titles used to be like tiny? I think they're yeah, but that's not women's wrestling anymore. Plastic look got the best of them there. Yeah, I like the design. I just think the size is junk. It is no, I, I completely agree. I just think their obsession with the classic feel and the classic look got the best of them there, and they they weren't thinking long term with a Nyla Rose holding it, a Rachel Ellering holding it. Yeah, yeah. But no, Rachel. Had- yeah, because because it makes sense on like Riho, because Riho's like two feet tall. And but, about 15 pounds. Right. But like you said, for women like, you know, Rachel Ellering, Nyla Rose, or even, you know, any other woman that comes into that door who's not a tiny little woman, it may look ridiculous. She is not even the biggest woman there. And it's like, it's right, but still slightly small. And even Sheeta. Yeah, exactly. So other women who are signing contracts. Kimberly, who I thought signed forever ago because she started making her appearance with Impact Wrestling earlier this year, apparently had been working a per-date deal. So she has officially signed with Impact Wrestling. You know, Impact's making me want to watch their product with all these signings. Bro, their women's division is so stacked. It's insane. Isn't it And their their men's division is a little, I don't know, it's... They're trying to figure out what they want to do with their men's division because they have, you know, 
the TNA Impact Championship, uh, World Championship, and they have the Impact World Championship. You have people coming in and out right now, so they're still trying to figure out who they want to be in terms of their men's division. But their tag division just got a shot in the arm with the Good Brothers oh, and yeah. the Motor City Machine Guns. Oof. That's and awesome. their women's division just continues to do what they do. So it's like it's crazy that they're they're right now they're they have to figure out their men's singles division. Exactly. You know what? They needed to bolster that tag division because AEW's tag division is just insane. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree that AEW's tag division is the best of all the divisions. Oh my god, yeah. Especially once we're like we're post pandemic and we can start seeing the Lucha Brothers on TV oh, more often. God. You know, once we start getting those those matches again, the the Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, Kenny and Paige, the best friends, the Jurassic Express, all these like once the they start really doing more, I mean it just it's unfair. It's unfair. Just imagine that pop with that Mexican destroyer. Oh it's ridiculous. Oh my god, that pop would have been insane. Nuts. Uh, another another signing. So again, Eric Young, who made his return debut return at a Slam anniversary, is officially signed an exclusive contract with Impact Wrestling, which is interesting because right now there are very few wrestlers signing exclusive contracts. But I guess Eric Young is that committed to Impact, and yeah, he's signed himself a exclusive contract. I mean, they they might have given him a perk for doing the exclusive thing. Could be. You know, signing exclusive means that, you know, in my opinion, if you're signing exclusive, now obviously outside of the WWE world, but if you're signing exclusive with, with compete with, sorry, organizations that allow you to do competes, you know, there has to be some sort of perk there. I don't think they just, uh, you know, do exclusives without saying, okay, you know what, we have a plan for you, but yeah. we need you to just be with us and we can't risk that plan being hurt by the fact that you got a third degree concussion in a match with ROH. Right. And now our plan is gone. Right. Right. No, yeah, I, I think you're hundred percent right. I think they have plans for Eric, for Eric young. I think they definitely said, okay, we'll give you a little extra money here and we have this plan for you, but like you can't go to ring of honor. You can't do new Japan. You can't do AEW. You can't do anything. It's gotta be like us. That's it. So. Which is it's gutsy. It's gutsy in, in 2020 in the wrestling scene to go exclusive with anyone other than WWE or AEW. But hey, whatever works for him works for him, right? Oh, you better believe it. And last bit of news outside of WWE Impact Wrestling has announced a two week special titled Emergence. I guess this is going to be in the same vein as. Um, WWE with their um, Great American Bash and AEW with their um, Fighter Fest. What? Thank you with Fighter Fest. It's going to be you know just two of their regular weekly episodes. Just going to be titled Emergence. Probably going to have some big name matches on there. Probably see a title change or two. Um, but yeah, so they've announced that. We'll see if it's worth anything. Well, who knows. Yeah, well, you know what? It could, it can't be terrible, but also can't be good either. So, yeah, we'll see. Now yeah. over in WWE, there is plenty of news over there. Yeah. First up, first, looking yeah. like in October, we're gonna get a brand new draft. 
That's right, because we haven't had enough roster moves or roster rules or uh, extreme flip-flopping and what other random rules they come up with with two superstars going to appear on each show once a week, five times a day. Like, wait, what are you talking about? Anyway, this October, we're having a brand new draft. Don't know if it's going to include NXT as well. I think that would be super interesting if they did. But uh, all we know for now is that come October, we will be getting a new draft. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about these drafts because, what, they last a week before, you know, Roman Reigns or, or you know, Sasha Banks gets drafted to Raw SmackDown and then the next week, oh, yeah, they're allowed to go here because of this new rule that we didn't tell right. you about. Well, supposedly what's going to make that different this time is they're actually going to let USA and Fox have input, which they didn't do last time because idiots. Ay, ay, ay. I could see that going south because, think you got NBC versus Fox. You got two companies that already compete against each other enough. Now, mm-hmm. like, we want this guy. No, we want this guy. And all of a sudden, you're going to end up with the with the, the wild card rule again to make them both happy. I, there's no way this ends up well, in my opinion. I think we're gonna. What's gonna end up happening is we're gonna see that Fox doesn't know the product, and we're gonna have lopsided rosters again. It's gonna be like Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, and like all their big heavy hitters are gonna be on Raw, and SmackDown's gonna be like Cesaro and Sheamus and Baron Corbin. <laughs> and yeah honestly they should have went they should go back to the way it was like raw is your whatever raw is and yeah when we would all look forward to smackdown like oh my god thank god it's too well when's the wrestling show there it was tuesday and it was like i have to watch like smackdown was a must Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm and what's so weird is that it's been a proven formula. Even back with the original draft, back way back in the early 2000s, when they had the SmackDown 6, they let Raw be whatever Raw wants to be, because God knows whatever Vince wants that to do. And then you let SmackDown be this show where the, the workers can work. You know, instead of, you know, Edge, Kurt Angle, Chavo Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and whatever, instead of those guys, instead we could have AJ, Daniel Bryan, um, who else is a great worker? Seth Rollins, um, so on and so forth. You put all the you put all the, the, the real wrestlers over on SmackDown, and you can put your Braun and your Roman and like whoever else you want, put them on Raw, let them do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And you keep the the Sasha Bankses and the Bailey, and you know you put them on SmackDown and on Raw. You can have your Mandy Rose and your Lacey Evans and your Naomi's. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's a proven formula that they just refuse to do because Vince McMahon is a stubborn moron. Exactly. There's nothing else to say. <laughs> that that's it. Ugh. Well, we do have some people to welcome to the world because 
the Bellas, both Bellas, have brought in brand new babies into this world as Brie and Daniel have announced the birth of their second child, their first son. And then the very next day, Nikki Bella was like, anything you could do, I could do better. And she also gave birth. I... So both the Bella sisters gave birth on back-to-back days. Congratulations to all involved. Welcome to the world, kids. You suck. Just, <laughs> just wait until the previews for Total Bellas because... <sighs> I don't know. I I always thought they were just attention, attention, look at me, look at me. And God, if I, when I heard they were both pregnant, I'm like, did what, Did we really try to do this? Did we like watch our cycle so we can get pregnant at the same time and possibly give birth on the same day? So we could say, hey, our kids are twins without really being twins. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that they did that because I, I do see that being a possibility. I also don't care. Like, whatever. Is it stupid? Sure. But at the end of the day, they both brought in new life to this world. So I guess. Congratulations. Congrats to everybody involved. And Daniel Bryan's a dad again. Daniel. Big ups to DB. (laughs) The poor guy that puts up with it all. Yeah. How does that even. Whatever. Not my business. Not my business. Let's move on. (laughs) That's a conversation for you and I to have out there. Right. (laughs) Not the time, not the place. Not the time, not the place. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Who is in time and places? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who led a group of buyers to buy the XFL for $15 million. I want to know where that price came from. How do you get $15 million from a defunct football company? Like, if I'm The Rock, I'd be like, listen, I'll buy you guys for a million dollars and a hot dog. Call it a day. I don't think even all the contracts in the league add up to $15 million. I know. And then with all the money that Vince owes to people, like, I wouldn't touch the thing with a 10-foot pole. But whatever. I don't. Does this mean that we're going to get the XFL coming back? Post-COVID? I have no idea. The one thing I will say about this is The Rock, as you know, you know, grew up playing football. He was, you know, he's a college football player. He loves the sport. And this iteration of the XFL, we all said it. This was, this was a good product. And it was a shame. Yeah. It was a shame that tickets, A, weren't selling too well to the games. And B, Mm -hmm. that it, you know, we it lost its whatever to COVID. So right. I kind of am glad to see like, even though 15 million is like, okay, you overpaid, but <laughs> you know what? If they keep the product going and especially with somebody, the notoriety of the rock kind of taking away the stigma of Vince McMahon from it. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. I think it could give it a little more respect. Cause remember the rock is respected in more of the sports world than just wrestling. And not to That's mention true. Hollywood star power behind it now. Yeah, and he's doing that Titan Games thing right now with NBC. Exactly. So he, he's he got a little bit more of a, a star power behind him to really – I don't want to set the XFL – say set the XFL in the right direction because let me tell you something. They were, they were doing well on, the, on the, the gridiron there. It's just for some reason it just wasn't selling because maybe nobody wants to sit outside in the middle of February for a football game. No, but you know you can't compete with. Yeah, I think what whatever whoever is part of this group, I think the Rock and the group they all need to figure out. Okay, look, clearly you only know so much about what you know. Get experts in on this, and do this the right way. You know, 
get the right GMs, get the right coaches, get the right players, give them plausible contracts and pay them. Vince McMahon, pay them what you owe them. And then, you know, who knows? This could, this could work, but we'll have to see. Um, speaking of things or people who will be working, Dominic Mysterio will be working his first in-ring match with WWE at SummerSlam because his daddy might also is expected to resign with WWE despite the fact that they were made offers by AEW. So it looks like the Mysterio family is here to stay. I don't think Ray Ray was going to go anywhere as long as... Uh... Dominic is under whatever training mm-hmm. or, or whatever agreement he has with WWE. As much as Ray probably wants to go and compete against some of the talent at AEW and vice versa. I, don't I mean, he did before he went to WWE. He was doing a lot of indie stuff. He was at All Out. You know, he was, you know. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, All In. Sorry, All In. He was at All In. Maybe he wanted to rekindle some of that, you know, and also just a different feel, you know, not have to sure. follow the strict laws. And, you know, if I want to do this, you know, crazy stunt, I can do this crazy stunt. Or maybe if I want to keep my fake eyeball in my head, I can keep my fake eyeball in my head. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you know, he's not going to leave his son high and dry. He's going to make sure that his boy is taken care of. For sure. And I think that's that was the key here. I think once... They saw, okay, we're going to put Dominic in the match with Seth at SummerSlam. I think they, I think, I'm pretty sure they probably gave Ray, like, hey, listen, we have more plans for Dominic. This is just the beginning. And so the Ray was like, okay, if you do right by my son, you do right by me. Exactly. So there's that. Um, okay. We've been putting this. Oh, was oh, one last bit of news before we get into the juicy stuff. Yes, WWE has announced Nick Khan, no relation to the AEW cons, as the new president and CFO or Chief Revenue Officer. Sorry, CVO of WWE. So cool! Congratulations, good luck, have fun trying to steer the sinking ship. Anyway, <laughs> renaming John Smith. Right. If there's been anything that's been trending all over the internet wrestling community, it's been one thing. And I've been putting it off. I've been saving it. You know, normally I kind of want to go, hey, let's open with a big headline. No, no, no. No, no. We can save this one. No. I wanted you guys to think that I forgot. But I didn't forget. Just like Marty Janetti apparently did not forget that he murdered a man. <laughs> On Twitter a couple days ago, Marty Jannetty, in a post that seemed to be a breakup tweet with his ex-girlfriend, went on a brief tangent to open the tweet talking about buying weed from a dealer in front of a bowling alley when he was 13 years old, and the dealer tried to touch him in his no-no places, and he said, and that was the first time I made a man disappear. I'm sorry, what? And then he goes, I guess they should have checked in the Chattahoochee River. And I said, oh, my Lord, my man just confessed to committing murder on Twitter. Anybody know what the statute of limitations in that area is? 
I have no idea. But <laughs> but apparently the state has officially reopened investigations looking for any cold cases or any missing persons that this might be identifying. Well, then it's not outside the statute of limitations. <laughs> oh my Jesus. And then and then and then the next day Marty goes on some talk show, some radio show, and he's like, no, you guys took what I said out of context. I'm saying, you know, and then he, t- he, t- he changes the story that now they were somewhere else, and then they went to the bowling alley, and he started beating him over the head with a brick, and then dumped him in the river, and then he was declared as being disappeared. That's not different. That's the same. That's- you just confessed even more to murder. I bludgeoned a man with a brick. And then I threw him in the river, and that's it. You did not confess to murder. You just told us how you did it, you yeah. wackadoo. You put the murder weapon in your hand. Exactly. What, what, how, how was that? You took it out of context. No, we didn't. You put the brick out of context onto his head, you moron. What is wrong with you? Thrill, you know, you know, you know how much I love to get under your skin. Yes. You know that... Seeing you give me that look and question why you do this show and ever let me on it is one of my favorite pastimes. Yes. One thing I will never call you again is Chinetti. You, I swear to God, you better not. I will kick my own self in my own no-no place if I do that. Oh, my God. You know, it was bad enough, and I didn't know this part, but it was bad enough that a few years ago, he found out his bi- who he thought was his biological daughter was not, and then he posed a question on Twitter uh, whether or not it'd be wrong for him to have sex with her. Oh, my God. Like, I forgot about that. I didn't know that this was a thing. So you have oh. that lunacy. And now you're talking about him murdering somebody with a brick and then dumping him in the river. What are you doing? Marty, what are you doing? Do you need a hug? You need a hug. Go somewhere. Well, I do something. Thrill, I wouldn't. Oh, my God. I hit your head with. He might hit your head with a brick. What's up with my no no spots? I can't tell. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think you, you know, he could pull on it a little bit too. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then, and in the post, he uses like the, the homophobic slur. He's like this, you know, F. You know, tries to grab me, and I'm like, Janetti, what are you doing? Listen, I don't. It's it's bad enough. Like you got on the list of like, hmm, homophobic and terrible person. Check, commit murder. Check, like, try to have sex with my daughter. Check, like, what are you? What are you doing, Marty? So, what happened to your life? Homophobe, murderer. Um, what what's it called? <laughs> um, gee, let's see. Was that a real plate glass window? Did Sean do more damage than we think about, what, 20-something years ago? Oh, my God. Like, how about this? Did Sean know? And was like, I'm not dealing with this wackadoo anymore. Throw him through the glass. God almighty, that actually is a – that's a – oh, that's going to fester a little bit. <laughs> because if he if he killed this guy when he was 13 or 14 years old – he By the time the he's, rocker. you know, part of the rock. Exactly. <laughs> pun intended. Wow, that was an accidental pun. <laughs> no puns are accidental. No puns are accidental. <laughs> By the time he's with the rockers, he's already committed murder once, at least. <laughs> and, and he says in the tweet, it was the first time 
I made a man disappear. So not only is he implying and confessing that he murdered one person, he's implying that he committed murder multiple times. Just get him a little drunk or he'll keep talking. Oh my god. We have we have a serial killer in the lexic in, in like professional wrestling history. Oh my lord. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I wake up every morning at this point going, what did Janetti say now? What <laughs> crime did he confess to this week? <laughs> and the memes, the memes are hilarious. There's like one of a, of a dude hiding behind a tree and it's like, Janetti confesses to murder and it's like a producers for Dark Side of the Ring. They're like creeping up for the story. It's like, oh my God. I can't. I can't. Oh my god, I can't oh, wait for that one. You know it's going to be a hell of an episode. Yeah, but they have to find the body first. True. That that Dark Side of the Ring will actually be on ID Network. <laughs> <laughs> or on the uh, the Netflix relaunch of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. All right. Um Tommy boy, be real with me. How much wrestling did you watch this week? So, if you're going to ask me about Raw, that didn't happen. I did okay. an abbreviated bit of AEW on the app because mm-hmm. you know they they chop it up a bit. Right. Um I read up because I'm an AEW guy, so I read up on NXT because when NXT was on the network, I took Matty Bizzle's advice, and I always watched because it was a you know it was a can't miss product. It used to be good, yeah. So I always read up on it, hoping that it brings back some of the old flair, but I always get disappointed. Wah, wah. Um, but I did like I told you uh, off the air. For some reason, this week, I read up a lot more on what's been going on on these shows, not even knowing that I was going to get a message, hey, you want to join me tonight? So I can definitely say that I know more than I usually do this week without even listening to the show, because now I'm a part of the show. Well, there you go. But uh, so the reason I ask is because last week, I know you listen, and forever anyone else and everyone else who listens to last week's show. I was mostly very angry. I like when you're and angry. a lot of and, and my anger was centered around all of the booking of everybody. This week, it was less anger and more like, you know how some when something is so stupid and makes you so mad that you just laugh about it. Yeah, I usually do that. You know, once a month on a Sunday when it's WWE pay per view. That was me watching Raw this week. I watched Raw this week laughing at the stu- the sheer stupidity and utter frustration. Because I mean, okay. Let's let's I'm not gonna go bit by bit. But number one, Montez Ford was drugged in the middle of a match. What? What what what? Was Janetti under- Nia Jax is suspended indefinitely, but then attacks um, Adam. Like, uh, I mean, really? <laughs> the new faction that they hyped up on Twitter makes their appearance 
in a video of them throwing a Molotov cocktail at a generator. Ooh, so edgy. Like, and then the Pierre de Restance, Raw Underground? Shane McMahon is advertised to come back to Raw so he can launch Raw Underground? Did somebody just watch Fight Club for the first time and was like, hey, you know what Raw's missing? A really dumb underground fight club. Hey, listen. Rule number one, you don't talk about Raw Underground. (laughs) (laughs) It just and it doesn't make any sense because what it really does, if you think about it, is that it highlights the fact that professional wrestling is fake. Because what you're saying is that Raw Underground is real. Yeah. But it's not. It's a fake it's a fake fighting show about fake fighting and a real fighting show about fake real fighting. I was like, what are you even doing? What are you doing? I when I read about it, I was like I, I had the same reaction. I was like, is this WW did, did Vince and Shane have a daddy son movie night and watch Fight Club and say, Ooh, that's a good idea? Like I guess we're gonna have to suffer through the first iteration of it to see exactly what they're doing but it's so dumb like it's silly it's it's goofball banana it's 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 absurd like i'm not even angry it's just dumb i don't even like i don't even know how to how to, how to put into words how stupid this is you have these guys you have like uh baba Tunde, whatever his real name is now or whatever his wrestling name is now and he's just like Every match is the same. Every, they're throwing forearms, like MMA forearms on the ground, doing ground and pound so the ref stops the fight. It's like, guys, you're only highlighting that the regular wrestling matches are all fake. Yeah. This is stupid. And then you have the girls who are dancing. I'm like, is this 1999? What are we doing now? Yeah. With the girls dancing in, fast forward, by the way, they're not dancing regular speed. They're being sped up. They're dancing in speed up. What are you doing? I wish I had an answer. It's so silly. It's goofball. It's, I don't, I can't take it seriously. You know, it's been hard to take anything they try to do seriously. So dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Speaking of all underground, ugh. Speaking of stupidity, yeah, I am nowhere near, and I know I'm going off the 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 raw subject here a little bit. Well, yes and no, but if I if I may, I am not looking forward to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Oh no, I don't care. I don't care one bit. But here's here's the big reason why, and. I don't know if you or Shades read this, but this is something that I read, and I hope to God it doesn't happen, that the plan is for Drew to drop, and the rubber match between Randy and Edge that, you know, take in, take place in AARP Arena, which should will be for the WWE title. Dumb. So... I hope that article I read is trash, but you know what? Dumb. 
when hasn't Vince had a rubber match between two old people without the title in the mix? Say it again. <laughs> Dumb. Exactly. They don't. Oh my god. <sighs> Instead of building Drew, oh my god, it, he has no business dropping that belt to Randy Orton. Randy Orton has no business being in a match for it. Like, find somebody else that can go without either hurting somebody or just showing they don't care about what's going on in the match, and have a banger of a WWE title match. Because how how long has it been since we've said? Holy crap, that WWE title match was a banger. I, I don't remember the last time I enjoyed the WWE title match. Um, let's see. Drew took it off of Brock. In about 30 seconds. Brock took it off of... Who did Brock take it off of? Uh, Kofi Kingston. (laughs) (laughs) That's stupidity. Actually, actually, you were at the last. You were at the last enjoyable WWE title match. Yeah, I beg to differ. I couldn't stand Kofi Mania. No, I mean the work rate of the match, not Kofi Mania, just the pure match that Kofi and DB put on. Sure, I guess, fine. That's all I mean. I, I, I enjoyed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. <laughs> like, I'm just laughing because it's such a joke. Kofi Mania was a joke. Oh my God, I hate wrestling. <laughs> We so stupid. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest sport on the planet. I love it so much, but I hate it endlessly. <laughs> oh. Um, let's 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 keep going. So we have Wednesday. Wednesday was interesting on both shows, both Dynamite and NXT, for different reasons. AEW was interesting because we had blood galore with Moxley and Darby Allen having a fantastic main event where Moxley retains and then shows some respect and care for Darby Allen post-match. Because Darby also had... Psycho. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's nuts. And and I like that that Moxley put him over hard before the match by saying, you know, you remind me of me, you know, you're nuts, you'll do whatever it takes, blah, blah, blah. I just want... I, I wish that you would take the advice that I never took and, you know say no to the certain fight and blah, blah, blah. But I know you won't because I wouldn't yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, I dig it. I dig it because there are similarities to their characters and to ignore it would be stupid. So the fact that he stepped into it, I'm, I'm with it. And you know what? It shows Moxley has grown as a professional wrestler too, because you know yeah. what? He He's like, okay, I'm, I'm the guy in this company. And Darby definitely deserves the put over. He's not getting, you know, the big put over with the belt, right. but he deserves that championship level put over and I'm going to give it to him. You can see that there's so much respect for Darby Allen in the company that anyone who works with him is willing to put him over either in the ring 
like with the W or put him over on the mic or put him over in any way they can. So I appreciate that. But Sammy Guevara made himself a little boo-boo. Gets out of the doghouse and goes right back into it. <laughs> I know, right? In a spot where there was there's two chairs, one of them was gimmick, the other one was not. He was supposed to take this gimmick chair and throw it at Matt Hardy. Unfortunately, he apparently couldn't find the gimmick chair. <laughs> Panicked, grabbed the real chair, and threw it anyway. Not sure how that's a good idea, but that's what he did. And he busted Matt Hardy. He busted him open the hard way. The hard where way. Matt Hardy, I think, had to receive 13 stitches. So something like that. I saw a still of the wound on Matt's head. And that's like MMA elbow, clean elbow to the face. Brutal. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it was it wasn't pretty. And Matt wasn't happy. And of course his very vocal wife was not happy. Oh my god, yeah. But let me um and it, let me just say something. Good. And you could tell me if I'm over, I know I know Shazwood, but you can tell me if I'm off base here. Sammy, for as good of a worker he is, this shows his inexperience. I think a more experienced wrestler, and I'm not going to say like a Jericho or a Matt Hardy, but somebody with a couple of years under their belt would have been like, oh, crap, I don't know where the gimmick chair is. I'm I'm going to scrap it. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to risk that happening. So... I'm going to improvise and do something else and let Matt know somehow that it's not happening because I can't find the gimmick chair that I'm supposed to throw. Instead of scrapping the spot, he took a risk and boy, oh boy, there was no reward. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. Um, So he's 27 years old, first and foremost. He's he's, He's young, you know, and he's been wrestling according to Wikipedia, since 2013. So he's been wrestling for seven years. He's 27. He's been wrestling since he was 14 years old. Now, that might sound like a lot of experience, but when that's a lot of experience as a young man growing up into being, you know, a young boy into a young man, and he grew up in the world of Lucha. You know, Lucha wrestling, as I reiterate on the show a million times, is not exactly the same as American no, professional wrestling. No, no. So stuff like this chair spot, you're not going to see that in Lucha. You know, he wrestled for AAA and, you know, MLW and stuff like that. And like, you're not going to see that in, in AAA. You're not going to see that in um, <sighs> CMLL or whatever. But so he has like, obviously when we watch a wrestling match, he has the in-ring work down. He's not, and, and I think that's kind of that's what you mean, Tom. Yeah, is that not that he needs more experience in the ring because he clearly is a very good worker in the ring. Right, is a, his work is great. Right, it's adapting to the more American style professional wrestling and learning what to do in certain situations, which comes with age and experience. The kid's twenty-seven, you know. I don't expect him to be able to figure out on the fly what to do in a situation like this when he, I, I don't expect that from him at all. Yep. You know, that's something that takes years for wrestlers to figure out, you know, ring generals are ring generals for a reason. 
Jericho, Angle, um, Triple H, Austin, um, Shawn Michaels. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Point, our favorite ring general, Chris Jericho, had his life saved, if I'm not mistaken, by Kurt Henning back in WCW. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, you so, know, it takes a ring general, and it, but it takes years to be, to develop that. You know, prime example that I always use about Jericho that shows his knowledge and his his in ring um, general stuff is the situation with him and Neville when Neville breaks his ankle in the middle of the match and the ref doesn't notice it, they have to finish the match. They can't finish the match. So Jericho gets himself DQ'd by shoving the referee. Uh-huh. You, you know, you can't get to the spot where you got to get to, but you know, you're a heel. Your dude is broken. The ref doesn't acknowledge it. He doesn't realize it. How do we get out of this? Oh, I'll force him to DQ me. He has no choice, you know? Yep. So it's stuff like that, that, it comes with experience. There are very few people who, you know, just they can even even with experience, sometimes it just comes naturally. I just I don't know. I I, I feel bad for Sammy because he made the wrong play here. Um, but you just oh man, could could you imagine? Could you imagine being twenty seven years old? This company's already giving you a lot of chances. They're really like high on you. And then you throw the wrong chair and bust open Matt Hardy. One of the oh. bigger signings of this year for them. And we're talking about at this point, Matt Hardy is, is you know, like pretty much legend status in the wrestling industry. Especially with how many times the man's reinvented himself. Like, I would be horrified. If I'm Sammy Guevara, I'm like, great, I'm fired. <laughs> no, you're not fired. No, Tony, I'm fired. It's fine. No, no, Sammy, you're fine. No, Tony, I'm fired. It's okay. <laughs> now, let me let me ask. Did, I, I tried to read up on it, and I, I honestly haven't had the time. Does it say who the Stern talking to backstage came from? Like, what? I didn't see those details. I'm guessing it was Tony Khan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was I don't know. America. Could be. Could very well be. Could it very well could have been Jericho going, dude? What are you doing? You got to be smarter than that. Because you know what, like, and, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but I see Jericho as being like AEW's Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I mean, not the like you know, I'll beat you up kind of way, but like he is definitely the the leader of that locker room. Well, he's ready to fight. Le- well, he's ready to fight Lesnar after he thought he, you know, well, that's because Jericho doesn't care. Jericho will, you know, he'll scrap anybody. <laughs> that's the hockey player. I love Jericho. I love Jericho. Bro. He'll fight anybody. Dude, Lesnar can knock somebody out with, like, with a look. And Jericho's just like, I don't care. You want to go? That's, cool. that's, like, that's just Lesnar's face. It's scary. <laughs> you telling me. Poor, poor Deborah. Poor, no, poor Sable. Sorry, poor Sable. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that happened to Matt and Sammy, and woof. Um. And we had Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff moderated the 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 debate between Jericho and Orange Cassidy, and like, why not? You know what? Why not? I'm gonna make you a very happy person right now, and I'm gonna risk a rabbit hole. Okay. 
I honestly would have loved to see a cabinet battle on this one. Oh. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and you know what? I could sign off for the night. You've told me you hate me, and there is my goal. <laughs> That's your one per episode, right? <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't because I'm breaking your chops this time. I know. Now I want to go watch Hamilton again. <laughs> All right, so flipping over to USA on NXT, the only thing that I want to mention is the ridiculousness that is this Pat McAfee Adam Cole nonsense. You called it. So we mentioned right last week a couple. Like was it last week or two weeks ago? Called it right down the middle. Last week, there was the you know Adam Cole went on the Pat McAfee show, and then there was a verbal altercation that led to a shove, and Adam Cole losing his mind and saying "f you" after show, blah blah blah, storms off, yada yada, wah wah, and then making a kayfabe apology like a week later. Nonsense. <laughs> and like, and and I said on the show, I was like, it's a total work. The you could tell by the shoves it was a work. You could tell by his uh, his friends' reactions that it was a work. You could tell by Pat McAfee saying, "What now? What I'm going to go to the back and fight this guy now? Please, you're not fighting Adam Cole. Stop it." So like, I knew this was a work, and so this week on NXT, Pat McAfee shows up. He's on the announce table during uh, the match with the Undisputed Era. Blah blah blah. Anyway, long story short, we end up in an altercation where Pat McAfee punts Adam Cole in the head and knocks him out. And I'm like, great. That's what we need. An ex-punter knocking out one of our top stars in the industry. He's establishing his structure. How much do you want to bet he's getting ready Excuse me, to uh, commit to the performance center? No, 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 no. Let this be a dumb one-off and let McAfee go back to his stupid podcast show. I am 100% on your side with that, but just look at look at the uh, the title of the company you were talking about. Anyway, so Triple H then challenged Pat McAfee to a match between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. They both said yes. So at NXT TakeOver 30, we're going to get... Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. All those who care, say hi. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, I, I I fell asleep for a again. <laughs> again, just like Raw, I wasn't even angry. I just laughed. I laughed. See, this is so stupid. This is so dumb. And I don't care. That if you think about it, if you honestly think about it, that's worse than getting angry when it's so bad. That you, that yeah. your instinct is to laugh. This, and that's how I felt about every every WWE thing this week was just laugh. I just laughed at all of this. This is ridiculous. This company is trash. And and this week's SmackDown didn't help either. Where we had like, so I always say that that wrestling that WWE is at its best when they intertwine and interweave stories. Yep. This week on SmackDown they did it, but. They did it in the worst way imaginable, where they had, I think it was, so Matt Riddle was having a match with Sheamus, was interfered by Shorty G or Baron Corbin, and then Baron Corbin had a match with Jeff Hardy, and then Sheamus interrupted that match, so then we ended up getting Sheamus versus Baron Corbin. What? Why? Who wants to watch that? Who wants to watch heel Baron Corbin versus heel Sheamus in a heel versus heel match? That 
some heel versus heel matches could be good, but you have to have two heels that you that are entertaining a combination. Of, well, you know the 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 basic requirement of entertainment, but you can have face versus face because all oh, friendly competition, whatever, whatever. When you're putting two heels together, they have to have like a real reason because you remember heels in the classic wrestling sense. You'll get a face versus face with with the spirit of competition in mind. But if right. you're putting two heels in the ring, they need to have like a score to settle. Like, you know, you took yeah. this opportunity. There needs to be a reason for two heels to be in the ring at the same time because you never have two heels in the ring at the same time unless they're on the same team. It was so dumb. I agree. And then and then it ends with Matt Riddle causing an interference where Sheamus then beats Baron Corbin. So we started the night with Matt Riddle and ended full circle with Matt Riddle. I was like, I don't care. I don't, I'm not cheering for Matt Riddle. I'm not cheering for Jeff Hardy or feeling bad for Jeff Hardy. And there's no heat on Baron Corbin or Sheamus for me. So what does it accomplish? Um, getting through two hours and, you know, signing off the show. Like the only positive, like the only thing I enjoyed about SmackDown this week was the stuff with Heavy Machinery and the Miz and Morrison, and it wasn't even that. It was I was waiting for Mandy Rose to come back to fight with Sonya Deville. That's all I was here for. I was like, because Sonya Deville is doing the work of her career right now. I'm I I want to so see that happy for her. She's you, killing it. You know, I was killing the game right. You know, I've been a fan of Sonya Deville. I was like, I was counting down the time to when she got out of, and I don't want to say out of Mandy mm-hmm. Rose's shadow, but on her own without having to just stand at ringside with Mandy fighting. And then, oh, Mandy dropped I always, I always thought she was the better of the two. I always wanted her to get more spotlight. Even, and I, I remember Tough Enough. She was like, how, that's how you know that Tough Enough was run by the fans. Yeah. Because well, except for the two winners who end up doing nothing. Neither one of them. Neither one of them with the company anymore. Oop. But we did get Delvin Dream out of it. We did get Sonya Deville out of it. We got Mandy Rose out of it. That's what I'm saying. That's how you know, like there weren't judges, like actual wrestling minds choosing these people. It was whoever the fans thought was cool, or in Sarah Lee's case, who the fans thought was hot. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I, I I was all about Sonya Deville. I was very so that's that was the only part of Smart that I cared about. I was like, okay, cool, we're doing this, and then it was done. And then they they went off the air with the Retribution, which is the name of this faction, by the way, which appears to be three guys and two women, and they're just spray painting, they like spray painting random squiggles on the on the ring and on the glass. And they, they turned over the announce table and like it was a big deal. I'm like, this is your your chaos. Not this is like your your big edgy new faction. I don't want to go down a political rabbit hole here. But oh yeah 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 yep 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 yep. yep. I know exactly where you're going. You know how Vince McMahon loves to rip a storyline right out of the headlines. Yep. Yep. And that's all. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree that this is definitely, without a question, a shot at the protesters and rioters 
of you know during the whole you know Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, like I, it's so petty. It, it is, and you know what? But thing, you have Sergeant Slaughter, the biggest face, you know, American. This that yeah. started Gulf One. What is he? Iron Sheik, Iraqi, Iraqi sympathizer. You have 9-11. You have Muhammad Hassan come out. You have, that was a mistake in that. You have uh, whatever was going on with Putin when Rusev was just coming in. Now you have Rusev with the Russian flag and the tank coming out of WrestleMania. It's like Vince needs to rip something out of the headline. The, the biggest political or, or world event going on, he's got to somehow inject that into his storyline. And it's been going on since the 80s. But now, here's the problem. And here's here's the difference between this and that. And I'm going to preface this with news that I heard over the week. This faction, Retribution, is the second version of this faction. Initially, he wanted to rebirth the Nation of Domination. And I was actually... And if, and if um, Ron, Ron Simmons was going to be involved with that... If Holy that's crap. not the most like, like blind, far-sighted, idiotic, tone-deaf thing I've ever heard, it's one thing when you know you had this all-black nation of Islam-inspired heel faction back in like '94, but if you do that now, sir. That is it. You're going to have a real big problem with the black community. And being that your name is on a certain person's top 10 donors list. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, in 94, you took another rip from the headlines because what was going on in 94? You had Johnny Cochran, all the L.A. riots and the yeah. O.K. trial. Yeah. So We can go on forever on this, but you are absolutely right. You are going down. A very dangerous path if if this is the way you're going and but whoever whoever convinced him out of doing that, Vince McMahon owns the Marais. Uh-huh. Because it would have been nothing but horrible publicity if he tried to, to launch an all black heel faction right now. But not even that. If he keeps going down this path you know, ending every show with some sort of destruction, spray painting and, and mimicking you know, what was all over the headlines, what was it? Two, mm-hmm. wow, it was two months ago already. Yeah. Beginning of June, right? Yeah, yeah, end of June, early July. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So, but either way, that, that being said, it's like you're still going down, not the darker path, but you're still going down a path that will get you that negativity because, okay, you, oh, did, sure. it on Raw, you did it on SmackDown. Now, if you repeat it next week, it's like, okay – I know. I see what you're doing now. This has no point other than to say, "Hey, look, it's another one of Vince McMahon's special ripped from the headline storylines." And the fact that they're called Retribution seems like you know this is a group that's fighting for some sort of injustice. Now but you, you gotta hope you it. Can't, you can't, uh, so, oh my God, Vince! Can I be? Can I be optimistic? Or do you think there's no room for this? Someone's got to be optimistic, so go ahead. Go for it. So can it be a good version of the – and I'm not saying the job squad was bad, but can it be a version of the job squad where it's 
decent, talented workers that have just had enough of not getting the chances they were given, and it actually turns out to be a really cool thing. That's my opinion. That would be amazing. That's I would love it. <laughs> except, except, A, that's way too nuanced for Ms. McMahon. B, you're talking about turning a group that has made themselves firmly heel and then spinning them to be faces. And I don't know that Vince can finesse that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Because by, by causing destruction and all this stuff, I mean, they're spray painting. They have bats. They had a chainsaw in the ring. How do you then turn that around to be, we're just girls and guys who want to have a shot? They got their attention now, didn't they? I guess so. But you know what? You can If you're smart enough to do that, which they're not, you can take a bunch of baby faces and turn them heel like that. Saying, you know what, we're doing what gets us noticed, and I don't care how anybody feels about it. I'm interested to see who they have doing this. So I was trying to like really try and figure out who they are. And it was I, I I counted two women, three men, one of the guys was a man of color. And I'm like, who like who could be like one of the girls was short, very busty. The second chick would kind of seem like she was on the same height as the other guys. The guys didn't seem to be that big. So I'm like, who are these? Are these like NXT call-ups? See, are these I gotta mid-carder? I got to look at the, st- the stills again because since they're yeah. all masked up, it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. Oh, so tough. Like the short, you know, the short busty girl, like you could almost say, could that could that be Nikki Cross? Like, See, I thought Data Brooke. Oh god, I keep forgetting about her, and then you remind me she's still she's not doing anything. <laughs> Nikki Cross is still in the program, kind of with Alexa Bliss and Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, but she has see, and I'm getting too creative here, which is scary for Vince. She has been going off the deep end too. Yeah, but it's too soon. The deep end stuff is very recent. For her to already jump into this faction of, of retribution. Again, I'm trying to be optimistic that it might be something good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. My first thought, I think Dana Brooke is one of them. That's my first thought. I think she's the first one that I think I know who it is. The other four, I have no idea. I really have to get some clean screenshots of them. Because you know what? I, with the camera, see raw. It was all security footage, if I remember correctly. Right, so right. You're not yeah, it was just there. And SmackDown, they don't focus too much on like the, the screenshots that I was trying to look at to try to give you some theories tonight were not clear enough to to even take a guess. Oh no, because they're doing eight million camera cuts and they're moving the cameras around, and you know they're doing anything they can to not show their faces. Yeah, and you know what? Not. <laughs> Not to you just brought something up that I've always wanted to say on the podcast. Mm. One thing, and I know, remember how we always complain about AEW's um, camera work? Yeah. 
in the early stages, yeah. Does it not annoy the crap out of you that when they're doing a close-up beatdown in WWE, they have to move the camera oh, up and down, up and I've down? I've always hated it. I've always hated it. I never understood why they had to do that. I turned to Ugo. I'm like, do you, do they think do they think that we don't know their the the punch motions up and down like? Yeah, like, why does the camera have to follow the fist? I don't understand. What does this accomplish? That's something I've been dying to say, and you gave me the opening by talking about the camera work. Like, whoever's the... I mean, I know Kevin Dunn is the director, but, like, whoever's in charge of the camera cinematography stuff, get a new job. Because you're not good at this. I look away. When when they go close in for a beatdown, I look away because, like, I know I'm going to get a headache. It's, just, it's ugh. Anyway. So, well, you know, I'm going to put my fingers until this retribution thing really plays itself out. One can only hope that it's not as bad as it definitely will be. Hey, listen, I'm being optimistic. I've been doing a lot of DDP yoga lately, so it's been made me a little optimistic in my in my wrestling commentary. Well, congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> and I mean, I'm so bitter and angry. I had a long day. <laughs> But Tommy Boy, in the world of professional wrestling, there are good seeds. And there definitely are those bad seeds. And for the first time, Tommy Boy, you get to talk to me about all the seeds that make up the tree, the garden, the forest that is professional wrestling. So, considering this is your first time giving seeds, what you got? So... I noted it before. Um, I want to say, going over what we talked about, I want to say my good seed is going to have to go to Moxley. Mm-hmm. For actually showing, honestly, in my opinion, for the first time, that championship mentality and putting over a younger talent that's just on the cusp of possibly, hopefully, a mid card title. Okay. It's it for me. It's always those little things that that makes me say, you know what, his, his title reign has been lackadaisical, which is not completely his fault. He's been dealing with a pandemic during it. But for the first time, in my opinion, since he won it, what was it back in February that he won it, or was yeah it revolution? Fall? Yeah, so it was back in February that he won it. It's the first time he actually had, like, for me, what is called a, a champion's moment, where he showed, you know, hey, kid, you got what it takes. Keep plugging away at it. Yeah. Because remember, he is supposed to be a face, and that that's the job of a face champion, to build up that younger talent and to, like, give them the, the want and drive to go for it. Yeah, fair, fair. Let's and see. your bad seed, sir? Oh, we're going bad seed now. Okay. Well, I know it's your bad seed, so I won't go with the obvious. Oh, you don't know. I don't even know what bad seed is. There's so much to pick from. Oh, uh, something we didn't mention on Raw that oh, I wanted to what? say that I wanted to say <clears throat> is a possible good seed. Okay. Maybe Liv and Ruby. Yay! The Riot Squad's back together. So that. That's something I was very happy. I'm sorry we didn't mention that, but I, I had to bring it up because it just caught my eye. Yeah, you know, I didn't mention it because I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm very scared. 
Those two have some great chemistry. I'm so worried. I'm so worried about what they're going to do with these two. I just like, Ruby everything. Ruby deserves so much, and they just keep dogging her, and so I don't even want to mention her. Listen, I know that, but I am honestly hoping that they're going to be the ones to take the first straps of gold off of Sasha and Bailey. Because let me I'd be down for that. Hey, listen, I I think it would be a good that would be huge. That would be huge. Think they're already. This is a rabbit hole, but guess what? They're already a team. They're, they're not just thrown together. They they have a name. Like just no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But considering where they're standing right now, that's a hell of a rub. If they if they take the belts off of uh, Banks and Bailey, but think they're over. If you think about it, if there was a crowd there. They're over. Yeah, but we're talking about Banks and Bailey, which they're the top of every women's division. And Liv and Ruby are just starting to get back together to do a program with the Iconics. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying right away. I'm not saying SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series. Hey, I'm again. I'm all for it. Anything that gives Ruby some more, uh, you know, a push, some more respect, some more recognition for the talent that she has, I'm all for it. Exactly. But now that I use that buffer enough time to think of my dad's seat. <laughs> I, I I can't get away and I'm not going to take the one that I know you want to give <clears throat> so my bad see we'll have to go to Sammy Guevara mm. he's got to mature you know he, yeah. he's got two black eyes within the last month and this one was completely avoidable like he mm-hmm. he's got to grow up a little I know he's young I know he's been on the American scene for what a year and a half, but that that was a mistake that didn't need to happen. Yeah, and he he's gotta, <clears throat> you know, it's no longer saying something stupid or doing something stupid. You just put another right. man, you know, you put another man's health in danger there. Sure, no, you're hundred percent right. So that that's my bad seed. Okay, um, my good seed, man. This is tough. Mm. I will say that for my good seed, my good seed comes with a positive asterisk. My good seed goes to Rachel Ellering appearing on AEW Dark. That's a good one. That is a good one. Because of what it could mean. It could be the start of something of a nice turnaround for the division. And if it doesn't, then retroactively, I'm an idiot. It's a bad seed. But for now, I'm going to give the potential a good seed. Not the bad seed. Where do I even begin? <laughs> I could go through the ridiculousness that was raw because it was just a buffoonery. I can talk about Pat McAfee because he's just a bad seed. I, I, where do I begin? Well, I'll end here. I will end here. Marty Janetti. <laughs> stop killing people and stop confessing to it. You idiot. What is wrong with you? I, you're not going to hear this, but for the love of God, get some help. 
And please, if Stop you, it. if you do hear it, we love Will. Please don't kill him with a brick. Oh, word. Listen, I'm not trying to touch your hoo-ha. I, I'm not about it. Don't, don't beat me with a brick. Like, please, Marty. It's all peace and love. I mean, not that kind of love. Apparently, that kind of love gets you killed. But, like, yay you. Go, Marty. And on a special night, and a special day, a special time and channel, you have Marty Giannetti, Dark Side of the Ring, on ID Discovery. <laughs> Oh, boy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up our show for this week. Avo, as always, you hear me? Avo wave. As <laughs> always, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples of Apples. That's Grapples, the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. It doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples of Apples. That's Grapples the number two. Apples, like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you're going to do to put us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible because we need all the help we can get. That's right. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Mr. Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, that's why, because baby, that's who I is. Joined by a very special guest. Yeah, one half of the Suburban Brothers. Shout out to my suburban brother, Ugo. Hopefully we get that power back on for you sooner than later. Tommy boy, Will, thank you very much for having me tonight. It was an honor to stand in for the prophet. Shades. The general shades. General. I could, I could do his I could do his whole shtick if I wanted to, but I won't. I wasn't going to um, call him and try because then I know I get a very scathing phone call and I just wasn't <laughs> Or, or next week, hear my name dragged through whatever money. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, no, I get to. I get told. I've listened to him do it so many times. I can do it with my eyes closed, but I won't. But thank you, Tommy, for for filling in for Shades, who's dealing with outage problems and power outages because of all these damn storms. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. Um, but thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out any previous episodes that you may have missed last week, this week, next week, and every other week. It's an apple a day. It's a bad wrestling away. Peace.